Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thank you so much for tuning in. Right now, we're talking about Jaguars general manager Trent Baalke, right? The Titans, Tennessee Titans, division-leading Tennessee Titans, AFC South rival Tennessee Titans, the team the Jaguars face next week. They just fired their GM, John Robinson. My question is, should the Jaguars do the same with Trent Baalke? And I don't take this lightly. I know this man has a family. I know he is hardworking. And I, I know that saying or even asking the question, should someone be fired, is harsh. This is a person we're talking about here. But look, this is a big business. There are a lot of fans out there that want to know what is going on in Jacksonville. What's going on with the Jaguars? Why are they 4-8 and eight in the second season of Trent Baalke as GM, of, of Trevor Lawrence as quarterback? Why are they 4-8? and eight? Should Trent Baalke be fired? Should Mike Caldwell be fired? What needs to happen for the Jaguars to get back on track, for the Jaguars to flip the script, for the Jaguars to get back in the postseason? We're going to tackle all that stuff right now with the focus of this conversation being should the Jaguars fire Trent Baalke. I'd like to remind you to follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Like and subscribe on YouTube if you enjoy the content. You can also hit the notification bell. Could not be doing this without y'all's support, without y'all's viewership. So it means the world to me, and I really appreciate it. So what is a general manager's job in the NFL? I think the number one job is talent acquisition. Via free agency, via the draft, via trades. The processes that go into talent acquisition. Part of the GM's job. And also for me, a big part of it is workplace culture and environment and the relationships that you build within that building. Again, the culture that you set within that building. When it comes to facilitating a quality work environment, how has Trent Baalke done at that job? Well, it was an epic fail by everyone in upper management in 2021, without question, in Jacksonville. Epic fail. You had players, coaches, and other employees within the building feeling alienated, feeling disrespected by Urban Meyer and and by the culture that the Jaguars established last year. And look, everyone at the top of that organization is complicit in that. Trent Baalke included. I think he's been cordial enough in 2022 with Doug Peterson coming in. I think um, bringing in Ethan Waugh added another level of potentially buffer for Trent Baalke, a little bit more, um, potentially a little bit more 
of um, of a of a move that instead of puts Trimbalki on the hot seat, kind of maybe maybe fortifies his position as general manager in Jacksonville. But I think he's been cordial enough. I think he's had a good enough relationship with Doug Peterson so far. But based on past history with the head coaches he's worked with and the relationships he's had with those head coaches, I'm not just going to give Trent Baalke a pass or give him high marks because Doug Peterson came in and got things moving in a better direction culture-wise. I really would say, based on Trent Baalke's entire body of work from the workplace environment and culture standpoint, I would say it's been more negative than positive. You look at the relationships he's had in San Francisco. You look at what happened last year. I don't look at Trent Baalke as a guy who helps your workplace environment or culture. I don't. And again, I think it has been fine in 2022. I think that has a lot more to do with Doug Peterson coming in and taking ownership and being the new face of this organization along with Trevor Lawrence than it does have to do with what Trent Baalke's doing behind the scenes. When you look at, again, talent acquisition, drafting, free agency, I'll tell you what, I think it's honestly too early to judge anything that any of the players have done in 2022 from the 2022 class. You look at 2021 though, Trevor Lawrence lucked into it. Sure. But big hit ETN, big hit Tyson Campbell, big hit Walker little. We have no clue. And that's partially Trent Baalke's fault because Trent Baalke goes out and drafts Walker little in the second round. And the next season decides to extend Cam Robinson next off season. How do those two things match up? How do you foil that? Why do you take a left tackle in the second round of the NFL draft? And then you decide to keep the guy that he should be replacing? And now that guy is performing at a very average level despite making $18 million per year? I don't know about that one, but Andre Sisco looks like a big hit. Everything else, I don't know. J2 Fella, you decided to cut. Was that more on Trent Baalke or was that more on the coaching staff? I'm not sure. But that's a guy who signed on with the Cincinnati Bengals and he's done good things for the Bengals. Jordan Smith's injured. Can't judge that. Luke Farrell, he's been a fine reserve tight end. Who knows what he's going to be in the future. Jalen Camp, wide receiver out of Georgia Tech in the seventh round. He didn't survive his first training camp in Jacksonville. So I do think the 2021 class overall, you like it. You got your franchise quarterback. Again, maybe you lucked into that. But ETN is a big hit. Tyson Campbell's a big hit. Andre Sisco is a big hit. If you get four really good players out of every class, you're doing just fine. Now looking at 2022's draft class again, I think it's way, way too early to judge this class. But are there guys out there performing at a much, much higher level right now than Trayvon Walker? Yes, there are. You got to wait and see with Trayvon, though. It was always going to be the case that Trayvon Walker was not going to step on the field day one and be a superstar. Pass rusher. Devin Lloyd, should you have traded up for him at linebacker in the first round? Look, this is a prospect that I really liked, a player I really like. 
But after paying Fouye Luke and $15 million in free agency, is your next move to trade up for another off-ball linebacker? And then take another one in the third round? Look, I think it's too early to judge any of these picks, but can you judge the process behind some of this stuff? Yes. I think, again, going back to 2021 with Walker Little, what was the process behind acquiring Walker Little in the second round if you didn't want to get him on the field in 2022? You're either saying that he is a complete miss or that you mismanaged your roster. One or the other at the left tackle spot. Straight up. And then you look at this draft again. What is the deal with all the damn off-ball linebackers? (laughs) This is a league where off-ball linebacker is not a position that is overly difficult to get competent at with veterans, cheap veterans. What's the deal? I think you can definitely look at the process and the decision-making behind some of these picks and question it. But that's far from my biggest gripe with Trent Baalke, to be completely honest with you. Free agency. The 2021 free agent class. Shaquille Griffin, Roy Robertson-Harris, Rayshon Jenkins, Jamal Agnew, Marvin Jones, Chris Manhurts. Is the juice worth the squeeze from this group? Absolutely not. You're about to have to cut Shaquille Griffin because he's not playing well. And his cap hit is out of control in 2023. But you do have a team out, fortunately. At least you can say you can fall back on that. But pretty much every team in the NFL is doing that these days. That's not some novel concept that, oh my God, Trent Baalke is saving the Jaguars by getting these two-year outs. No. Everybody's doing that. Everybody that's worth their salt is doing that. Roy Robertson-Harris has been a complete bust. Hate to say it. Again, I do not like bashing these guys. Don't like bashing Trent Baalke. But we're talking about the Jaguars trying to get back, trying to become a respectable franchise once again. And you got to call it like you see it here. So I think the 2021 free agent class was horrific. I don't think 2022 was a hell of a lot better. I love the addition of Christian Kirk, but you could have got him to Jacksonville. Probably, you probably could have paid him three, four, five million dollars less per year and still gotten him here. Zay Jones, nobody on the planet was paying him eight million dollars. Is he going to move the needle for you at wide receiver? I mean, he had his best game of his career and then he followed it up with his worst. I think Foye Aluakin has been a good addition to the Jaguars' defense, but at what cost? And again, the team building behind the linebacker position, the off-ball linebacker spot, makes zero sense. Are you telling me that Foye Aluakin is worth $15 million per year? I don't think anyone else was giving Foye that type of money either. 
I think these were total outlier contracts when you talk about Christian Kirk and Foye Aluokan. Foley Fatukasi, has he been worth the $10 million per year that you brought him in to, to fortify the interior of the defensive line? I don't think so. Darius Williams. I think that was still a good signing. I think coaching is screwing up the cornerback position a little bit right now by not allowing Darius to just stay outside. I think Brandon Sheriff was a very good signing. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I don't think Cam Robinson was a good signing. I said that at the time. I'll say it now. I'll say it next month. I'll say it next year. Cam Robinson is a slightly above average left tackle who has an incredibly low floor in some games, who is being paid like a top third of the league left tackle. The juice ain't worth the squeeze. But my biggest criticism of Trent Baalke, you have made this one of the most expensive defenses in football. You spent an NFL record in free agency this offseason. And they can't stop a damn thing on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't think that started with coaching. I think it started with personnel. They don't have the guys in coverage on the back end at cornerback outside of Tyson Campbell. And when you talk about the entire back end and coverage, who do you feel good about in the secondary? In coverage. You feel pretty good about Tyson Campbell, really good about Tyson Campbell, even though he's not coming off his best game. And you feel pretty damn good about Andre Sisco. Rayshon Jenkins, for all he does against the run and in pursuit and with his energy and sometimes makes big plays in the passing department, he is not good in coverage. At left cornerback has been an, an incredible problem, even with Shaquille Griffin healthy. It was awful. Now you're dealing with the interior defensive line doing nothing. The interior defensive line that you fortified with Roy Robertson Harris last year and Foley Fatukasi this year. What's the deal? This entire defense is falling apart. And I think it has more to do with personnel than it does with coaching. I don't think coaching is... is uh, innocent in this situation. I think that the coaching has certainly not been good enough. I think Mike Caldwell should have very quickly figured out they should have Darius Williams outside all the time opposite Tyson Campbell and Trey Herndon in the slot. Okay? Like, Darius Williams has played outside cornerback his entire NFL career. Trey Herndon has been his best at slot for entirety of his NFL career. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Okay. 
and then you talk about Trayvon Walker not moving around at all. That's what made him so valuable at Georgia. You're not going to move him around? You're not going to get him with, with mismatches with interior offensive linemen? Using his length and strength and quickness and speed and athleticism? Not doing it enough. So I have a lot of issues with the coaching. But I think it still goes back to the talent acquisition. This is one of the most expensive defenses in football. A a roster that, again, set the record, the NFL record for free agent spending in an offseason. You're four and eight. So, should Trent Baalke be fired? I thought he should have been fired last year. I didn't think he ever should have been hired. And I still think he should be fired right now. His track record of team building and success is not strong. Yes, he had a flash in the pan early in his career in San Francisco. But in his last five years as a general manager, he is 22 and 55. In Jacksonville, his team has won seven games. In a season and a half. Season and two-thirds. 22 and 55 in his last five seasons as GM. In every single one of those seasons, the head coach got fired after the year. Obviously, we don't see that happening with Doug Peterson this year. Somehow, this guy keeps surviving. I think it's time to let someone else take the reins. I really do. I don't think that the Jaguars will. I think that Shad Khan will see what's happened and say, well, we've progressed enough. We've gotten better. We improved from last year. And again, I think it feels like Ethan Wall coming in as the assistant GM fortified his position. Could there be some sort of secret coup where they want to promote Ethan Wall or bring in someone else? Maybe, but it feels unlikely. And I think the Calvin Ridley move was further evidence that Trent Baalke is looking towards the future with this roster. The bottom line is he has a poor track record of relationship building with coaches. He does not have a lot of advocates around the league. He does not have many advocates in Jacksonville. People that have known him for a few years here. You don't hear the advocacy for him. He's had a pedestrian draft record at best throughout his career. Reckless spending in free agency over the last two years did not work, and now the Jags have to massage his cap mess for 2023. They are over the cap when this season ends. Over the cap with a team that is and 4-8. Because many of those free agent signings in 2021 and 2022 were misses, or they were not proper allocation of resources, like, Look, Foye is fine. He's a pretty good player. Cam Robinson is usually a pretty good player. But these guys are making close to elite money at their positions. The juice ain't worth the squeeze. I'll say it said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. Juice is not worth the squeeze with a lot of these players. There isn't enough talent at cornerback, interior defensive line, edge, wide receiver, tight end. 
Linebacker? Maybe the talent's there, but it's not performing. Are they incredibly young? Yes. But they're also incredibly expensive. Balky, he didn't have an easy job to do turning around the Jaguars, right? It's difficult to come in to a roster that was as broken as the Jaguars and make things work. But he was given the ultimate trump card. He was given Trevor Lawrence. He had to spend in free agency to make the roster anywhere close to competent over the last two years. But he spent on too many of the wrong guys. Bottom line. Cam Robinson at $18 million per year, that's a bad contract. Foyer at 15, I like Foyer, but at $15 million per year, no, that's a bad contract. Zay at 8, RRH at 8, Foley at 10, Shaq at 15, Rayshon at 8, Ingram at 10. There's a couple of those maybe you feel good about. Maybe Evan Ingram was fine, maybe Rayshon Jenkins fine. But overall, these are way too many swings and misses with a ton of money on the line. Again, all in on the off-ball linebacker position when you've got other problems in a league that is dictated by offensive performance, you have consistently invested more on the defensive side of the ball. They are in a cap situation in 2023 because of what Trent Baalke signed off on over the last two years. It hasn't been good enough. On most of these free agents, he has not been good enough in talent acquisition. His record sucks over the last five years. I am all the way out on Trent Baalke. The defense has too many damn holes. Cam Robinson is average. The receiving core is average. The tight ends are average. Interior defensive line, despite being expensive as hell, is underperforming. Too many misses. Too poor of a track record. Do you want to fix him to help fix the mess that he has made. Nah, I'll pass. I will pass. Now, am I saying there's no way that Trent Baalke, if he does keep his job, gets this thing turned around? No, I'm not saying that. It is a possibility. It is possible that if the Jaguars keep Trent Baalke on and give him another year to figure this thing out, that he will figure it out. But for me, the process behind making that decision makes zero sense. Again, because of his track record, because of the mess he's made in Jacksonville, because of what he did prior to getting to Jacksonville. It's not enough. What he has done as a general manager over the last five years of his career has not been enough. It has not been winning talent acquisition. It has not been winning culture and environment and process. Sure, you could hit your wagon at Trent Baalke again. Sure, he could pull himself out of this mess. But how how do you go through an off-season process of evaluation and get to that point? I don't know. I don't know how Shad Khan has gotten to a lot of the places he's gotten as a decision maker, as an owner. But I don't think there's any way that Trent Baalke should be the one asked and tasked with fixing the mess that he has created with the salary cap. That he has created with misses. I'm out. 
I am out on Trent Baalke. I would love to know what you guys think. Hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Please, please, if you enjoy the content, hit the like and subscribe button. Turn on the notification bell. You can also become a channel member, help support the channel, help support what I'm doing. You can check out GenJag.com, pick up some new gear. That's all I've got for you, Duval. I really appreciate y'all for tuning in and uh, for, for just supporting the channel. means the world to me. I'm trying to do the best I can over here. And I hope you guys enjoy the content. Hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday, Duval. Thank you so much. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.